even if it's hard for me to necessarily understand how or why, yeah, just the fact that it has that sort of the authority of the communities that kind of durability yeah or yeah the sturdiness even yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good word that that's sturdiness yeah that 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 makes me think boy then maybe there's something i'm not getting yeah <laughs> and i need to dig a little bit yeah. more deeply into it Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. Today on the podcast, we're continuing our series on Bible basics. And today we are talking about who wrote the Bible and when. And Catherine, this feels like a bit more of your territory, your area of expertise. So um, am I right in assuming that the Bible just dropped down and God zapped it and boom, there it was? No. Oh, no! I've been misled! (laughs) (laughs) It did not fall fully formed out of heaven. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, it, It is, as we talked about, uh, when we talked about what is the Bible, it's a collection. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a collection of books, uh, writings from a long span of time. So biblical scholars such as myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Very fancy people. Uh, well, they uh, they argue a lot. Oh, okay. Scholars like to argue. They do? Just in what? case. You didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Yes. What a surprise. And so they write articles about how so-and-so is really doesn't understand. And- <laughs> This is the truth, right? Right. And yeah. then they muster evidence from sure. the text to support their claim. So there is debate mm-hmm. about this question, who wrote the Bible and when. Um, but there is also some broad consensus. Okay. So without getting into too much technical detail, I'll say that most biblical scholars, aside from very conservative biblical scholars, um, would say that the that the Bible came to be, that the books of the Bible came to be over extended periods of time and are the result of uh, many different hands. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, so not just authors, but mm-hmm. also editors. Um, the technical term is redactors, okay. basically um, an editor. Um, compiling, you know, and, and maybe generations of editors, uh, compiling together these uh, works, these books, uh, over over a long period of time. In the case of the Old Testament, um, something like eight hundred years. Wow. Uh, from the from the what we think is probably the earliest writings to the latest ones. Wow. Yeah. In the case of the New Testament, that time period is much compressed. So mm-hmm. something probably more like eighty years, not eight hundred years, wow. but eighty years. Okay. Um, from about fifty C.E. to I don't know one fifteen or one twenty. Okay. Uh, CE, so something like that. But in the case, uh, and I'm going to concentrate more on Old Testament on this question, because sure. uh, that's my area of expertise. But um, so traditionally, I should go back, you know, before the rise of kind of modern biblical scholarship, mm-hmm. uh, there were authors uh, or, or certain books attributed to certain authors, well-known authors, right? So tra- tradition had it that uh, the books of uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the Torah, mm-hmm. or the, or what Christians sometimes call the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. uh, that all of those were written by Moses. Okay. Right? Um, and likewise, that uh, uh, the book of Psalms was attributed to David. 
right. King David, yep. right? Uh, and the books of of um, Song of Songs and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes were attributed to King Solomon, King David's oh, son. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, that's I, why they call it the Song of Solomon. Sometimes, as well yes. As yes. The, Song the of Hebrew songs. name is Song of Songs. The Christ, Christians tend to call it Song of Solomon okay. because Solomon is is mentioned several times in the right, Song of Songs. Right, right. So I, I love actually what the rabbis say about those three books. They yeah. say that uh, King Solomon wrote Song of Songs in amorous uh, youth, right? Because <laughs> uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a love song. It is, yeah. That he wrote Proverbs in kind of seasoned middle age, mm-hmm. right? And that he wrote Ecclesiastes in bitter old age. <laughs> <laughs> because everything is meaningless. Everything is vanity, vanity. vanity. <laughs> All is vanity, yeah. So, so those are the, the traditional attributions of authorship. Okay. Um, I should say that nowhere in... Genesis through the end of Deuteronomy does does it claim the text itself doesn't claim to be written by Moses except oh, really? with the exception of the book of Deuteronomy it's, oh, okay. it's said that those that's a sermon or actually kind of three sermons of Moses uh, but otherwise that within the text itself it doesn't say that Moses I didn't wrote. know that and the interesting thing is that is that um, I believe it's in Numbers I could be wrong about that uh, there's a verse uh, that says uh, Moses was the uh, uh, the most humble man on earth, right? <laughs> Which is kind of... This is a paradox. <laughs> exactly. Because if Moses wrote that he was the most humble man on earth... Then he, by definition, could not be. <laughs> exactly. Right? Also, the end of Deuteronomy talks about Moses' death. So how oh, could Moses have written about his own death? Right. So there are, right, sure. there are issues here, right? Right. There were other issues, too, that uh, that that scholars in the modern era noted, but but they were noted by others, uh, particularly rabbis, mm. uh, before that as well. Um, such as uh, there are uh, kind of duplicate stories, mm. right? So in Genesis 12, Abraham passes off Sarah as his sister right, rather than his wife. Right, which uh, isn't creepy at all. No, not at all. <laughs> to save his own life, right. right, because she's so attractive that he's afraid sure. Pharaoh will kill him. And Yeah, right. But then later in Genesis, uh, it happens again. Okay. Abraham does it again. And then Isaac does the same thing. He passes off Rebecca as his sister rather than his wife. Oh, so there are these like kinds thing. of repetitions hmm. in the text that that seem kind of odd, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and, and there are different styles of writing. Sure. So there are these long chapters in Exodus and the whole book of Leviticus that are very concerned with things like sacrifice and how to build the tabernacle and the exact measurements of the tabernacle. Yes. And that seems very different than the beginning of Exodus, the this, this story that many people know of the, uh, you know, the 10 plagues and yeah. the burning bush and the 10 plagues and, and Mount Sinai. So, so, you know, over the centuries, people started wondering, well, is this, is this really all by Moses? And so in the late 1800s, really, uh, modern biblical scholarship started to examine that question, or modern biblical scholarship became a thing, okay. particularly in Germany. Yeah. And, uh, and so scholars started to kind of pick apart the text or, or dissect it, mm-hmm. almost like an archaeological dig. Oh, interesting. Right? What's, the, what's, the, what's the earliest layer we can find? What's uh, the latest layer? Right? Oh, interesting. And so the, uh, this theory came up called... Um, the documentary hypothesis mm-hmm. or source criticism mm-hmm. that said, um, you know what? It looks like 
it looks like, if you read very carefully, that the Torah or the Pentateuch, these first five books, um, is a, that, it, that it's a compilation of different sources. Hmm. Um, and, and they were named, you know, the, the J source, the Yahweh source, the, the E source, the P source for the priestly source, and the Deuteronomist. I'm not going to get into all of that because sure. it's too, too much detail. But the long and the short of it is, um, the, and the broad consensus that, that rose up, and that is still, I would say, a broad consensus, is that, um, that, that the Pentateuch is not Mosaic with a capital M, that is written by Moses. But instead, the Pentateuch is a mosaic with a small oh, m. That's nice. That's not my wordplay. Oh, Lots of people use it. But, right, that it's, yeah. that it's a, like a mosaic. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's one work, right, that has a certain unity, but mm. it's made up of different parts hmm. that have been woven together uh, to, from, from different sources, right, and, and edited and compiled and... Uh, passed down from generation to generation. So, and that's that's true of a lot of books of both Old and New Testament that yeah. they go through a process, right? There may be one primary author mm. to begin with, particularly uh, in say the book of Amos, a prophetic book, right? Right. Um, but there are additions to it that that are added by later editors, and there are. Um, uh, there are uh, maybe rearrangements uh, of some of these books. Uh, so, so can I ask a question? Yes, please. That I I'm imagining some people listening to this might be asking. So, does that make it like the Bible less true because different people had different input into the Bible? Does it make it somehow? Is this a big letdown? Is this a big bummer for our faith that 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 different? You know that like yeah. different people yeah, yeah, wrote yeah. the Bible and. Yeah. If Moses if, didn't write it, then is it true? Right. If, yeah. 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 Then yeah. is it all? We just toss it out. I'm begging uh, the question a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you might imagine I would say no. You don't right, toss right. it out, right? That that the truth of the Bible and the authority. I think what you're talking about is authority sure. too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, does not lie in what human hands wrote it hmm. necessarily, uh, but that it does depend on uh, or or is founded on rooted in um, the Holy Spirit's work in this whole process hmm. right the Holy Spirit's work through fallible human beings yeah. to uh, to write uh, this testimony to God's activity hmm. both in the life of ancient Israel and in the life of the early church hmm. so I, I should say there are in, in the New Testament, there are um, letters, right? Much of the New Testament are what uh, what are called epistles, which is just another fancy term for letters, right? right? Scholar, like we can't just have like a normal word. We right. have to make up a fancy so the, word. The epistle to the Romans right. or the epistle for, to the Corinthians. Right. Uh, and these are more unified works and, okay. and, and are not kind of edited over such a long oh, okay. period of time. So so Paul Paul wrote Romans, yes. and as far as we know, pretty much Romans is Paul's work. Right. Okay. Right. okay. There, I mean, there may have been some... Sure. Probably some editing. Right. right? I mean, they had to, like, hand copy stuff right. back in the day. They didn't have Xerox machines. Right. And, yeah, some perhaps some editing, perhaps some, um, you know, like I believe Second Corinthians is, um, some scholars argue... Um, 
wasn't just one letter from Paul, but is is a is a mashup of of different oh, letters from Paul, uh-huh. right? Uh, but so so there's that uh, difference, I think, mm-hmm. between Old and New Testament. Yeah, obviously, some of the prophetic books, yeah, they probably the prophets wrote. Yeah, uh, or their scribe. Sure. Uh, in the book of Jeremiah, we have the scribe Baruch who writes down Jeremiah's prophecies. Yeah. So you know there are there are some attributions of authorship that are seem pretty seem solid. historical. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, but but for much of the Bible, it is this kind of process of compilation mm. and editing and um, collection mm. of of things. Now, what also gives it. A, so what gives it authority is uh, for Christian believers and for Jewish believers in the the, the Hebrew Bible, um, we believe that God was at work somehow yeah. in that process, right? Yeah. Through 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 fallible human beings. Yeah. And what also gives it authority, or along with that, is the fact that these are the books that were passed down. Right. right? Uh, some people have this, like uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, probably fifteen years ago now. There was this brouhaha over this book called The Da Vinci Code. Oh, yes. I read The Da Vinci Code. Yes. Very much. Yes. yes. And it was... It was very exciting. It was very entertaining. It's a very exciting book. Very yes. entertaining and totally wrong oh. on so many things. No, don't tell me that. Yes. Oh, shoot. So, so but the, the basic premise of The Da Vinci Code is, you know, there's this hierarchy of... Right. There's a conspiracy. The Catholic Church, there's conspiracy. There's there's texts that are hidden. Right, they're hiding by the from church. Us, right? They and don't want us to know the truth. Exactly, and that there's this kind of top-down mm. um, decision uh, about what I see what you're saying. Yeah. Books were in the Bible and what weren't. Right. So there are some councils of the church, and there are some meetings of the rabbis that did make some decisions about books that were considered holy or part of the canon. But the, it wasn't but they the books they decided as canonical or as, you know, as part of the the, the, the Bible, it was more of a bottom up hmm. kind of percolating, right? Hmm. What are the books or letters that were um life giving hmm. for believers through the centuries? Yeah. Right? What were the books that kind of um, stood the test of time. What what books worked? Yeah. What books were seemed to speak into right. their real lives and their real experiences generation after generation after right. generation. Right. What to use the 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 example of the epistles again. Mm. What were the letters of Paul and mm-hmm. others in the early church that spoke to the church in Thessalonica as well as the church in Corinth mm. or in uh, Ephesus or in Carthage, mm. right? What, or, or, or you know, Alexandria. What what were the epistles that spoke to over time, mm-hmm. right? That that uh, that spoke to different communities in a way that that um, built up faith yeah. and built up the church. Well, and it seems that in some way it's both super particular, right? It's like deeply particular. Here's like this letter to Thessalonica. Here's this, you know story about the Babylonian exile that happened at this particular time in this particular place. So there's 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 a level of particularity to it, but then also like all good art, yeah. There's a level of universality. Yeah. Then that comes because there there's a reason that they could continue to be read and continue to be um wrestled with and continue to be 
you know, to help make meaning generation after generation after generation. Right. And right. I, I really like that personally. I, I'm skeptical of any one person who's like, I have all the answers and thou shalt do this and this and this and this. But, right. but to imagine it as sort of like a group or sort of communal discernment over the generations yeah. that yeah. have sort yeah. of said, hey, this thing, like this one works. Yeah, this right. one says something right. that's really important. Yeah. You know, to me, that's really appealing, and it makes me think, golly, if if so many people for so many generations have found wisdom in this thing, even if it's hard for me to necessarily understand how or why, yeah, just the fact that it has that sort of the authority of the communities, that kind of durability, yeah, or yeah, the sturdiness, even, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good word, that, that sturdiness, yeah, that 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 makes me think, boy, then maybe there's something I'm not getting, yeah, <laughs> and I need to dig a little bit. Yeah. more deeply into it. So at the risk of uh, uh, getting personal, it, I, I think it, it's helpful to think about it in contrast to your the tradition that you grew up yeah, in. Yeah, sure, sure. In the Mormon church, yeah, right? Yeah. The was... Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day yeah, Saints. Yeah, Right, where the Book of Mormon does come right. down from, right, in it the does. mythology, comes down from heaven, Yeah, given by an angel to right. Joseph Smith. Right. And it's just complete, right? Mm-hmm. So... Say, how does that contrast with Yeah, this? no, I mean, I, I think I was thinking about that as well because, I mean, there's that element of it with the Book of Mormon and then, so, and then what they call the Doctrine and Covenants, which is other revelations from Joseph Smith, and then all the way up until today where the leaders of the church are thought of as quote-unquote prophets and they can pronounce things and whatever they pronounce you just kind of have to do, mm-hmm. uh, even, if it, even if it doesn't work, <laughs> even if it's actually like... If it, if if you tried that out for a couple you know a couple years or a couple generations which some mormon folks have done and they've been like actually this is pretty unhelpful yeah, yeah. you know the, the um the ability to then sort of say never mind not this one you know is lost in say maybe some more kind of authoritarian or high demand religious groups yeah yeah um and and so there's something um very uh, there's a wisdom, I guess, is what I'm saying. That 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 in the ways in which the the Bible seems to have come about through groups of people writing and editing and discerning and mm-hmm. preserving mm-hmm. the text, mm-hmm. that helps you avoid this the kind of trap of following a guru yeah. with a capital G, right? And yeah. I think that that's a problem in our culture right now. More broadly, everywhere you go, people have set themselves up on social media as quote unquote quote gurus. Everyone's a life coach. Yes, right. <laughs> Half the people I know are life coaches, <laughs> I swear. And um and there's and there's kind of a weird spiritual like ickiness about that that I, it's hard for me to completely articulate, but it's sort of maybe even idolatrous a little bit yeah. where people are saying, you know, follow me, follow me, follow me. Um, and with the Bible, with its collective wisdom gathered over centuries, centuries, almost yeah. a millennium, it sounds yeah. like, right. Yeah. That, that there's, that's, that's trustworthy. Yeah. That's there. There's, there's something more to grab onto than just the claims of one charismatic person or right. guru or expert. And yeah. to me, I think that's a, that's pretty useful in this day and age where people are like, what is truth anyway? Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. I think that the other thing that, that, that kind of understanding of biblical authorship gives us is permission to 
listen to the different voices and the different layers, mm. right? So, so if the book of Genesis, for instance, is the result of three or four sources and you know many editors uh, over a long period of time, um, then then I can be part of that conversation to go back hmm. to that metaphor yeah. that we that we talked about in in our first question, you know what is the Bible, but that metaphor of conversation so there are there are different voices uh, within the Bible uh, that have um, that have been compiled together so that then the 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 um, the result is is greater than the sum of its parts, mm. right? Um, so that we get a fuller picture of God, yeah. right? So God is not simply coming in judgment uh, to, you know, smite the wicked mm-hmm. or to, to purge sin from the world, but God also uh, is is merciful, right? Mm-hmm. God is not uh, just the, uh, the the creator up in heaven who pronounces by fiat uh, that the world, you know, that that makes the world through the spoken word, right? right? Let there be light. Sure. But God is also the the being, the person who who walks in the garden mm. with Adam and Eve, right? In the cool of the evening. Or the word made flesh in John. And yes, and the word made flesh in John, right? So there's I think because of this process or as a result of this process of compilation, you I think in the end you get a fuller picture of who God is. Mm and who God calls us to be, and what kind of world this is. Now, that's not to say that anything goes, right? Right. We can't make, we shouldn't try to make the Bible say anything we want it right. to say. Um, but, it, but, it, but it does mean that there are different nuances, um, and, and kind of like a jewel, right? Different facets, hmm. that if we keep turning it and keep turning it, we, uh, we see those different facets of, of who God is, who we are who we are, who the world is. Um, the, uh, I believe it's the early church fathers say, um, with the, particularly with Proverbs, but also just any verse of scripture, they say you should chew it as you chew like a, a, a grain of spice, like a mm. coriander seed or um, you know, a, a grain of spice, and you chew it and you chew it till it releases its full flavor. Hmm. Right? So we, we, we meditate on... Uh, on scripture, on on biblical text, till it releases its full flavor. Um, so I I I don't find that I know some people might find this idea of authorship over a long period of, t- of time and and you know the the mosaic with a small m as yeah. opposed to the mosaic with this big m. Uh, I know some people may find that threatening, but sure. I hope that you at least consider this idea of uh, of the richness that that actually adds to scripture. Uh, and and the different layers and the different facets that we that we see in scripture, um, we don't want to we don't want to um, we don't want to dissect it and then leave it <laughs> in yeah, its separate sure, parts. Sure. That's actually been a a problem with some modern biblical scholarship, yeah. right? You dissect it into its different parts and then you never put it back together. But we uh, but we appreciate those different parts. We notice them, and then we read it as a whole. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that in another question about the, the yeah, narrative what is arc the, what of is scripture. Story? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I'm going to take away that image of the jewel, right? I think that's going to go with me and, and how, how, the, 
how the Bible, which was written over a long period of time by a bunch of different people and, um, and redacted and, and preserved and passed down, how that kind of reflects and shows different ways of understanding God and understanding ourselves in God's story. Yeah. So, beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.